0: Good morning church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, We've got a couple of things to talk about here. Uh, We do want to say first off that if you are not in a group already, uh, we do encourage you to get into one. Uh, We do have a new opportunity for a group coming September 12th. Uh, There's a table right back here behind this first section of chairs uh, for the new women's group that's coming up uh, Tuesdays at 630 starting on September 12th. Uh, You can see it there on the screen, the armor of God. Priscilla Shire, I think that's how you say the name, it's it's a weird name, but uh, you can contact Connie for more info if you can't catch her today, but if you want to sign up and reserve your spot, uh, you can go to that table back there, uh, just write your name down, and then Connie will get in contact with you about the group shortly. Uh, I do want to talk about Journey students just for a second. Uh, we are going to be relaunching uh, with two different meeting times. Uh, we talked about this in our Monday morning update, but I do kind of want to Clarify because some people have been a little confused about what we're going to be doing. Uh, it is going to be different. Say different, and sometimes you got to do things different when something isn't necessarily working. And so, for the past five years, I've done the best that I've could with journey students, trying to get things off uh, off the ground. But we're going to be trying a couple of new things uh, to get students engaged in our community. So, uh, Fred, you can go ahead and throw that first one up there. Uh, connect. Uh, We're calling Sunday Nights Connect, and uh, we're going to be meeting Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., and this is going to be weekly, every Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m., beginning on September 17th. And I've talked to some of our students and parents already about September 17th, and if you can get there, uh, we're going to be doing a big reveal of what we're doing for the whole year, and I'll talk about one of those things here in just a moment, Uh, but that's weekly. We're going to be doing Connect weekly, Sunday nights, 6 to 8, and then we're doing something called... Level Up. Uh, This is going to be every other Thursday starting September 28th. And uh, kids are going to love this. This is just entirely fun things. Uh, The fun side of youth ministry, just to get them a little bit during the week, uh, because students' lives are hard. Uh, they They are dealing with one of the biggest culture shifts that the world has ever seen. And to get them engaged, if not with a Bible lesson, but with a group of people that just love them and want to encourage them, While doing something fun, uh, I believe that is a win. Say win. We're all about wins uh, here at Journey Students. So every other Thursday, we're going to be doing level up with a different thing each each Thursday, and we're doing a meal on Thursday nights as well. Uh, So just wanted to clarify those two things. But I do have a trip that I want to announce, and uh, I'm so excited for this. Uh, TCTC, uh, the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention, they meet every year in Gatlinburg. And uh, this year, it's January 5th the seventh, and uh, some of our kids have gone to C.I.Y.s, and we've done other overnight trips. This is kind of the same thing, uh, but it's a weekend long in Gatlinburg, and uh, we're gonna either get a hotel or a cabin, and uh, we're just gonna have a big worship experience all weekend long uh, with some great speakers, some great bands, and uh, other people that are entertainers and things like that. Uh, but kids, if you would like to go, sixth through twelfth graders, the registration cost it's only seventy dollars. Uh, but I do want to say this. I have already had about two or three people come forward after I've announced this and said, hey, I would like to sponsor a kid who cannot afford to go on this trip. And uh, that's awesome because cost should never be something that hinders someone from going on a trip like this. If this can be an experience for your child to maybe meet Jesus for the first time, uh, it's worth it. Say "Worth worth it. It is worth it. And so I encourage you, if you are a 6th to 12th grader, student or parent, and you are interested in going to TCTC this year, find me after service, and uh, we can get you set up, and we can get you set up on a payment schedule. And if for some reason money is an issue, uh, just talk to me, and uh, we will work it out. Never want that to be an issue. We're in a series today uh, in Ephesians called Forward Thinking, and uh, today we're talking about finding our focus. Sometimes life gets a little blurry, and uh, we just need to focus back on who Jesus is. So before we go into today's message, I'd like to pray. Would you bow with me, please? Father, right now I pray uh, for today's message, and uh, it is true that Life gets blurry sometimes, and sometimes we need a little bit of a checkup to test our vision and to center back on you, because just like our countdown said a minute ago, it really is all about you here today. Everything that we're saying, everything we're doing with kids, everything we're doing from planning trips to doing Sunday services, everything is all about you. And uh, today I pray that the message is the same. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: got a shuffle yes mark says hey guys glad you're here let me say this uh god is rooting for all of us whether you're talking about brian trying to help you guys uh partner with him with youth ministry and get your teens and uh middle schoolers engaged or you're talking about people who came back today i see some of you guys i haven't seen for a while and some of you've had medical issues and uh so, some of you have just had life issues that happened to us. And I'm telling you guys, if I can say anything today that really does help when it comes to forward thinking and getting past the past in the series that we're looking at from the book of Ephesians in the Bible, if I can say anything that can stick, it is that God's really rooting for all of us. He really is. He's not giving up on any of us. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your situation. Don't give up on your circumstance. My goodness. Jesus changes everything. And I know it's not as quick as we would like it sometimes in our private and personal life for things to improve. But inch by inch, life's a sense. Yard by yard, life is hard. So try to take it in smaller pieces, smaller bites. We are impatient people. We wish it were a lot quicker. But... Uh, We're talking about Ephesians chapter 1, so find a Bible. Let's go there. Let's just go to the Bible. I'm going to read out of chapter 1, the book of Ephesians. And this series is a series where we're learning about the early church followers of Jesus. And they they were, most of them, many of them were outsiders. They were not in anybody's church until Jesus arrived. And for some of you who are listening right now, some of you who are online, You really uh, aren't regular in a church anywhere. You really aren't connected to a church, but somehow, you know, you come and you try to grab a few bites and see if it does help. God is using that. God will use everything. Two fish and five loaves of bread feed 5,000. So God is feeding us, and he'll feed you right now. So however you got here, whether it's in person or online and whatever circumstances are in your life, just listen And let me guide you to this thought of forward thinking and not looking back, getting past our past. Focus on the solution today, not the problem. Let's focus. Focus on the solution that I'm going to share with you out of the Bible, out of the book of Ephesians, and not the problem that you're really facing. God will work with you through that problem. So, what do you do? What do you do after chapter 1, the first 10 verses? And the first ten verses, I said, the first thing we have to discover uh, when we're trying to have forward thinking and not getting stuck in the past. And some of us have been stuck. Say stuck. Some of us have been stuck in the past. The first thing we got to do is find out who we truly are. Who? What's my one true self? And when it comes to Jesus, I said last weekend, because of Jesus, we really are included and we are blended into God's family, and we are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus. We're redeemed. We are saved. We have a future. That's all the first 10 verses of chapter 10 of the book of Ephesians last weekend. Well, this weekend, I move a little farther and a little deeper into chapter 1 with you, and we're going to read a few of these verses, verse 15 through 19. And here's where Paul begins to pray. For new Jesus followers. Or returning Jesus followers. Maybe you're a returning Jesus follower. And what should we pray? And you're going to see that what I read with you today. Really has two thoughts. Paul's prayer is that you and I who are either new Jesus followers. Or returning Jesus followers. Will get bigger eyes. So that we can know who God is. And then our focus becomes more clear and more sharp that we can find our purpose for God. That's the mission. That's what the prayer is about. And I know you got a lot of other prayers that we're praying. God, I need a job. God, I need for the test to be negative so that I don't have any more cancer. God, I need, I know that. We, I, and keep praying all those prayers. But at the top of the list, besides all the other lists, Let's pray this prayer. Pray for people who are new Jesus followers and returning Jesus followers so that they might know God with bigger eyes. Not just a polite handshake and a hello sir, but a close intimate relationship with God. Knowing God better and then having a clear focus of my purpose and my mission on the earth before I'm gone. What can I do to help God? That's what we're after today. So write this down. Do you know where you're going? Do you know what you're doing? Write that down. If you know who you are, then you know what to do. That was last weekend. And you are included. You are blended into God's family. And and you are forgiven and redeemed by the blood of Christ. So once we know who we are, and then comes what should we do, we begin to find out what God wants us to pray about when it comes to finding our focus. What should we be striving for? What do we need more than anything else right now in my life. So I'm going to give you a couple of things to help sharpen your focus, widen your eyes, get bigger eyes for God. And I hope this really helps. I'm praying that it does. I prayed about it last night. And every time I speak, I mean, whatever I'm sharing with you, I just ask God to use my voice to guide all of our thinking and thoughts to the Bible. So let's read the Bible and let's consider what it looks like as Paul the apostle who wrote the book of Ephesians to the church meeting at Ephesus, and we're reading it a couple of centuries later and see how it applies to you and I. Pray about this. Here's the first one. Here's the first takeaway. Pray for a sharper image when it comes to knowing Jesus Christ. Bigger eyes about God, bigger eyes about who Jesus is, and uh, that's what Paul's prayer looks like. Sometimes... After our baptism or sometimes after, you know, some kind of answer to our prayer, we got the job or somebody is somebody is healed and God answered the prayer and they're no longer sick. Sometimes after that, uh, we kind of drift at times in our picture of God. When things improve, sometimes it begins to get a little fuzzy. So let me read this with you. Verse 15, chapter 1. Find a Bible or look on the screen. Paul says, for this reason ever since I heard about your faith in Lord Jesus and your love for the saints. So Paul says, all of you new Jesus followers and returning Jesus followers, ever since I heard about your big faith, that you love God and that you love people. Ever since I heard about this, the Apostle Paul says, he's writing to a church like us, a small group of people, And he's writing to them in this city called Ephesus where there's a lot of uh, distractions. There's a lot of other things that you could be doing on Sunday morning. A lot of other things that people could be enjoying. But the people that are gathering in Jesus' name, he tells them and he writes it down for us to read today. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Even if I haven't seen you for quite a long time. I love you guys, man. I'm telling you, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not upset at anybody. I love you, and I just want to help you. And so does Brian, and so does Journey Church, and so do our volunteers. This isn't about an agenda, like we're got some kind of uh, you know some some kind of grudge against someone. We just simply want to love you more because Jesus does, and help you get past your past and have more forward thoughts and thinking that are positive. Say. Positive? So, you know, however it happens and however it works out, I'm trying to share with you a message today that makes you walk away feeling more positive about the challenges in your life. And one of the best things I can do is I promise you I'm going to pray for you. Brian, will you pray for these people? We'll pray for you. And all of you who are captains of teams, will you pray for your team? I'm just asking all of you right now who represent Journey Church in any way, If you play up here on this stage, if you sit at that keyboard or you play those drums, will you guys pray for these people who show up and worship? Yeah. So I want you to hear this. And you who are home right now, I want you to listen to what I'm saying. We can't always give you the car or the house or the money that you want and need, but we can pray for you. And we're going to pray for you. I promise you that we're committed to praying for you. Like Paul says, ever since I heard about your faith that you love God and you love everybody, you love people, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying that that your eyes might get bigger and wider and you might know God better and you might find your real purpose, your real mission in life, not just the job that you have, but what is my real mission? I'm praying. We're going to pray about that. Let's keep praying about that for all of us. Verse 16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, discernment, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, So that you may know him better. Don't ever stop pursuing God. He's pursuing you. Right now. Don't ever let go of the rope. He wants to be in this relationship with us. And he desires that it is always moving forward. Don't look back to the past. He's doing everything possible through his Holy Spirit that lives in you and through the Bible that we are reading. He's doing everything to pursue us like a sheep who needs a shepherd, and we are sheep. And sometimes we wander and we stray, and he's trying his best. God is trying his best to work us back into really back into the sheepfold that we might help others do the same. So pray that you might know God better, is what Paul says. Praise that we might have our eyes opened wide. I, I, Tracy's in the back, and so I told Tracy a moment ago, I had to go get my eyes examined this week. I had my annual eye exam. I need to get some more contacts. I wear contacts, worn them for years. And uh, I am nearsighted, I can see great, read up close, I'm fine, but I can't see the sign that says stop if I had to. So, you know, I went to Mexico and was driving through Mexico and down there doing mission work, and I'm already blind, and so I, and I don't read Spanish so well. And I was going right on through all them signs that said alto, alto, I couldn't see them and couldn't read them either. So I was in trouble, and the guy said, put the brakes on, get out of the seat, I'm driving, you're not driving anymore. Sometimes we need to get an eye exam. Sometimes when it comes to God, we need to get an eye exam, and and we need to pray about things, but we need to pray about things that are really worth striving for. What are you striving for? Come on now, hang on. I want a bigger bike. Really? That's great. I want wider tires. Really? That's great. I, I want to win a race. Okay. But come on, what are you really striving for on the planet before you leave this world? What is it that really matters most? Paul says, I'll pray about you and everything that you desire, but what I'm going to pray about most is that your eyes get bigger, that you can see God better. Say amen? That's, that's what he prays for, and that's what we need to pray for. We need a job. We need money. We need a place to live. We need food to eat. But sometimes in the church, our vision gets blurry. And we forget about what we really ought to be praying about all the time, that we get a bigger picture, bigger eyes of who God is. So verse 17, the Bible urges us to look beyond our bank account, look beyond our college fund, and have a sharper focus of the things that we really need as people like us. John 17, verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life. That you get rich. Is that what he says? That you get a job. That you get married. That you get a vacation with two weeks this year. That you get to take a trip with all your friends. No. Nothing wrong with any of that. But eternal life. This is eternal life. That they and we may know God. May know you. And Jesus, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom we have sent. Pray that prayer for your grandkids. Pray that prayer for your kids who need everything. Pray that prayer for each other, for your church, where you worship your small group, for your teens that go back to school, that Brian's trying to gather them up, help him do it. Pray about that. Why? So that they too can really know God With bigger eyes. Say bigger? Yeah. John 17, what we just read, verse 3. Those who know God and and those who know Jesus are promised a forever home. Do you know what you know? Do you know what you really need to know? And can you see what you really need to see? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go to bed at night all shaky like, man, what if I die tonight? What if this is my last day on earth? If you know God, if you know that you know God, not just a polite, hello, sir, my name is Bill. I don't mean a polite handshake, but I mean that you know God intimately in a relationship and that Jesus, his son, is our Savior, and you've turned yourself in and you've surrendered all and you've done it a 100,000 times, but you need it every day. Say, every day? And you got baptized. Get in the bucket over there. Buddy, if your health's a little shaky, don't go home today. (laughs) Walk over there with me before you go home and say, I don't know what the heck I should do, but I do believe in Jesus, and I don't want to die without him. Say amen. Heck yeah, get in the bucket and say, I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus, and I'm in trouble because my health's a little shaky. So those that don't have a Jesus relationship, they don't have a ticket to get on the bus to the plane, or the train that goes to heaven. You're in trouble. Say trouble? Yeah. That's how it works. So help each other. Pray for each other that we might know God. We might see God. And the Bible tells us that uh, things that really matter are about what happens next after we leave this earth. Knowing knowing Jesus personally is not an option. It's something everybody has to work through and process And uh, it's not enough to say, I know about Jesus or I know about God. You have to know him personally. Some of you went to churches that you just had uh, a ritual. And you let the clergy take care of that for you. And you might have had a confession or you might have had uh, a prayer altar. And you came forward and let somebody put their hand on your shoulder and pray for you. That's cool. I'm I'm not slamming any kind of church tradition that you honor today in your life. But I'm telling you, there is no preacher or priest or pastor or elder or mom or dad or anybody else that can do this for you. It's your personal decision. It's a personal relationship. And you have to get that thing started. You have to get something going and your eyes get wider and bigger and brighter for God and that you might understand. Not ride the coattails of somebody else who said, come on and go to church with me. You're going to like it. They're really friendly. They got free Fred's coffee on the coffee bar. That's great, but that's not enough. That's a place to start. It's a place to begin a friendship, but that's not enough. You have to know God. What do you mean, know God, preacher? Do you want me to say the obvious all right, I said this last night. I'll say it again. Okay, so the obvious is when it comes to knowing God, let me give you an illustration that you'll, you'll understand easily. Knowing God is different than just knowing about God or Jesus. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word for know, K-N-O-W, is this word which, which describes intimacy. It describes physical intimacy between a man and a woman. Now, I'm getting pretty clear. I'm not talking about some polite handshake. When I'm talking about knowing somebody, I'm talking about knowing them in a real intimate kind of way. Got it? Say, got it? That's pretty clear. I better stop right there. I probably said enough. God wants to have that kind of intimacy with all of us who are followers of Jesus. The kind of intimacy, not just reading a book about God, not just reading and listening to other people lead songs from the stage about God. He wants us to experience God in a personal, intimate way. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, Adam knew Eve, his wife. That's a polite way of saying they got really acquainted pretty quick. And she conceived and bore Cain, a son. They weren't just holding hands anymore. When you're in a intimate relationship, Connie was with the kids last night on Saturday night. We had kids on Saturday night, and I'm grateful for that, and Brian is too, and I hope you'll bring some more kids. Where's the kids? Bring the kids, guys. Where's the kids? Come on, bring the kids. So Connie, I said last night, I told you, you laughed and looked at me like, you said what? I told her, I said, well, last night when I got to this part of my message, I told them that Connie and I have been married 51 years, and when I met her on our first date, I, uh, I was not just happy with shaking a hand. I wanted a big old slobber kiss as quick as I could get one. Now her mom and dad are here, so I got to be real careful here because... <laughs> I might be in real trouble, but written right out of the family real fast. But I also said this, and I mean it. I was obsessed with her. We've been married 51 years, and she's the only girl I ever dated. Met her in seventh grade, and I was in ninth grade, and I was literally obsessed with her. That's the kind of intimacy That should exist in every marriage. That's the kind of intimacy. That should exist in our relationship with God. Not some kind of polite. How you doing? Yes ma'am. No sir. You need to develop this kind of intimacy with God. Like you have with one another. Say one another. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. I'm just telling you what the Bible really says. Adam and Eve knew each other. And it was more than just reading a romance novel. And that's exactly the idea behind what Paul is praying for all of us, verse 15, 16, and 17. And he says, I pray about that daily. And you want know me to be honest with you? And with you guys who are home? That's the reason a lot of chairs are empty. We don't have that kind of relationship with God. Most people get baptized, and they think they got a ticket on the bus to heaven. And now I can just go do whatever I intended to do. And that's not the kind of marriage or relationship that Connie and I would have ever had for 51 years if I kept doing my stuff and she kept doing her stuff. We had to do stuff together. Everything. For that kind of relationship. And that's what God is after. He's after you. He's after you. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. And He's after you. So that He might grow your relationship that you might have bigger eyes and that you can know him better. No regrets. Say no regrets. Yeah. So, what is it? Are you obsessed with God or not? And if you're not, why not? Tough one. It's a bad trade, guys. If I would got tangled up with some little gal, instead of that gal, it been a bad trade. Know what I mean? Say amen. amen. Yeah. If you get tangled up with some other little distraction in your life besides God, who is your best date, it's a bad trade. Let's become obsessed with with God like he's obsessed with us, not merely a fan, but a follower. People who are obsessed with God like any other obsession. I'm obsessed with my motorcycle or my farm or my truck or my sports team. You can see it. You can notice it and how they spend their money, their time, and their talent every day. Matthew chapter 7 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I don't know you. I never knew you. Where have you been? Away from me, evil doers. I know it's harsh. When I'm trying to get you to not look in the past and look ahead, and it's stern, and maybe it's a non-starter for a lot of people who feel exhausted already because they've had a busy week at work, a messy family life where you don't know how to help them, everybody's struggling more than ever. I don't know. Maybe it's difficult for you to listen to that, but don't accept a mediocre relationship with God. It's a bad trade. Bad trade. Be obsessed with this God that you worship and that you say you love because He loves you more than you can know. Follow Him. Follow Him. He is the real deal. Don't take the Z-pack for five days and get inoculated with Jesus for five days and never show up again. <laughs> never care again. Amen? Amen? We go to the doctor, and we say to the doctor, Doc, I'm sick. I need an antibiotic, but give me that five-day. I don't want that 14-day thing. makes my stomach upset. I don't want that 14-day. What are we thinking? Don't do that to God. God, I want the five-day. I don't want to be there all the time. I just want the z pack I want to get inoculated enough that I don't die, and if I do die, I'm going to go to heaven. Bad idea. Be obsessed with the God who loves you, no matter. God is for everybody. Not everybody knows. We have to tell everybody. And he wants you to love him back. And the way that we do that is we surrender more of us. Let it go. Feel my brother, my departed brother, who's now in heaven with Tracy's dad, Tracy's mom, Tracy's husband, Howie. My brother Phil, AA, 37 years, chip in his pocket. He walked into Journey Church every weekend holding his hands up high so I could see them. He never forgot, I'm here to turn myself in, to surrender again. I surrender all. Amen? Because you fill your pockets with your own stuff, guys, baggage that you pick up along the way. And you got to get rid of it. you got to get rid of your thoughts and your ideas, and you got to turn it over. And turn it over almost every time, every day, every morning and every night. Say your prayers before you lay your head on the pillow. You want to sleep with peace at night? Then turn it over. Give it to God. Amen? Here's the second thing. So bigger eyes and then find my real purpose. Write this down. Pray for a clearer picture when developing your own spiritual vision of what God wants you to accomplish. What's your purpose and mission on earth before you go to heaven? Look at verse 18, eight, verse 18, 19. I pray, Paul says, I pray that your eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Most of you listen to me the last 10, 15 minutes and Says, I just don't see it. Well, no, most people don't see it. I didn't either until God opened my eyes wider and showed me my life purpose. It was speaking to people like you, but I didn't get it either. I didn't see it. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength. God wants, to see, wants you to see farther than you can on your own. He wants you to go farther than you can on your own. He wants you to last longer than you can on your own. Did you hear all that? God wants to give you more strength and power cuz you run out. Some of you are on empty now. Some of you some of you have not much left in the tank. So God wants to fill that up. And he will through his Holy Spirit and through the word of God and through this relationship that I'm describing this morning that we have bigger eyes for God and we become obsessed with God's mission, his church, his kingdom on earth. God fills us up. The problem is we leak. You're this big bucket, and he fills you up, and I'm up to here. When the songs were great, the music was great, Fred's coffee was great, the preacher was great, and we're like up to here with God, and we walk out the door and it's running on the ground because we got holes. Say holes, you look, you leak like a metal bucket, buddy. That's what happens to us. So you got to ref, you got to refuel and refill our tanks. And that's what this strength and power is that we get from God. Verse 15, 16, and 17, know what we really know about God, and then we see what we really need to see about God. Verse 18, this prayer is a prayer for a clearer, brighter, sharper picture of God. Have you seen the new TVs? Somebody get me a new TV. I need a new TV. Dude, these things are really sharp. I mean, you talk about color splash. You talk about football. You talk about base. You talk about bright colors. These new TVs and they're cheap. Say cheap, they are. I mean, they're as wide as this room. I never seen such big TVs, wider than the wall, and whatever else that went up in price. We got a bunch of TVs that somehow stayed cheap. They really are, and you. I mean, they're brilliant and they're bright and they're. They're like vivid and they are beautiful to watch and enjoy. That's what God, that's who God's like. God wants you to get an upgrade to your TV screen that you can see your mission and purpose for God. Like, wow, it should be that bright and clear to you, all of us. God wants that in our life. And if we'll pray about that, God will help us do that. Whether you're nearsighted or farsighted or whether you see things way off, uh, like God's working on it, or you see things up close, like what's God doing today? God will help you. Matthew thirteen thirteen: Though seeing, they do not see. And though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Open your eyes. Pray for a sharper vision, like high definition. And God will help you. See a bigger, brighter picture. Give you hope again. Don't lose hope. Don't be impatient. Don't give up. Pray a bigger prayer in His power. Trust God more. God can do anything. Verse 18, Paul says, Pray this prayer, the eyes of our heart can be opened. In the Greek, in the New Testament, this word here, eyes of our heart, opened is enlightened. It's in the English where we get photo or photograph. Take a picture. Take one of those pictures like, wow, God. Your, your sunset or sunrise, wow, God. The rainbow, wow, God. The birth of your child, wow, God. Take a picture right now and let God illuminate it with his light. Wow, God. That's your potential. That's what God prays for, for you and for I, that we know God deeper and that we find our purpose and mission on earth, see it more clearly. God is light, and his light will illuminate a path for us to follow, trust God more, believe God more, follow God more. Here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. If you're doing what I just described, that if your eyes are getting bigger for God and you're finding your mission and purpose for God, you know what's next? You light up a room. When you walk into a room, do you light up the room or people like, man, the lights just got dimmer when that turkey walked in? Shouldn't be that way. If you are seeing God bigger with bigger eyes and you are finding your mission and purpose with God, you should light up the room when you walk into any place, and people should know there's something different about us. And it's true, something is different about us. God's light shining through us will light up the room. Say amen. These guys are going to pass you communion, and I'm going to read Matthew five, and we'll take communion. And you probably remember this one, Matthew five thirteen. We have all said the world is getting pretty dark. What is happening? Is Jesus coming back? What's going on? What else could go wrong? We got such a messed up, mixed up world. Everybody's talking about the world and how dark the world is. And it is. What if it's dark because the church got dim? Come on now, what if the real problem in the world and its darkness is because we got dim and we stopped shining our light in the really dark places and corners of the world? That's what Jesus warned us about in Matthew chapter 5, that that could happen. So let me read it. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? You should flavor the world everywhere you go with your joy. If you're a grumpy person, buddy, you need to work on that. If you're a grumpy person, you need to work on that. You should bring flavor to the conversation everywhere you go. get the brightest possible illumination that God will help you with on your soccer field. Maybe you're a soccer mom. Maybe you're a volunteer to coach pee-wee football or something. Man, ask God to give you the brightest brightest light possible for all those little kids and parents that are cheering their little rascals on. Ask for God to pour His flavor into us that we might salt the earth with good taste. You ever put something in your mouth that tastes bad? It needs a little salt. Our world needs a little flavor, the Jesus flavor. And it needs the light of Jesus shining in dark places. The bread, you can do it. We can do it. God's going to give us His strength, bigger eyes for God, see God bigger, see God better, and then understand Jesus, sharpen our focus and our mission and purpose at Journey Church and other churches together. Let me pray. God, we are sheep, but we do have a shepherd if we are gathered in Jesus' name. We're not sheep without a shepherd any longer, but sometimes we sneak away, we wander away, and we need to be tugged back by the Good Shepherd. So pull us back in. God, some of us just need a little encouragement in that little sheep pen, that sheepfold where we all gather in Jesus' name, and we're all sizes and shapes, and even if we're the black sheep, may we come on in. May we realize there's room for all of us, whoever we are, whatever's happened. May we realize that because of Jesus on the cross and what we just remembered, about the salt and the light of the world that we are no longer we are not no longer without hope. We have hope of eternal life that's promised to us who follow Jesus and follow you. In his name we pray. Amen. Drop your little cups in the basket and uh, if you've got an offering to give, put that in the little tray as they pass that. That will help tremendously and then if you got some pocket chains drop it in the a little tie jug here. Somebody mentioned to me this morning if you like rice, there's some free bags of rice over there on the coffee bar. Journey's the kind of place we like to give stuff away. So it's free. There's even a box of cereal over there, I think. So man, if you didn't get enough at Fred's coffee bar today, grab something, take home with you, or give it to somebody who's a good neighbor. Be a good neighbor. It's nice to be nice. Give it away. Make it good for somebody else. Thank you all very much. <music>